morning, everybody. How's everyone doing today? You guys are good? All right. Uh, man, it's so good to see so many you know, of you guys starting to come back little by little between this service and the 12 o'clock service last week. Uh, and the week before, the 12 o'clock service is said it almost getting full already to, to capacity. You know, people are starting to come out. People are starting to lose uh, the fear, you know. And, you know, I think as the numbers of the COVID starts to dwindle down, I really think that people are going to start going back to normal more and more. And I want to encourage, you know, you guys that are watching at home. You know, I love that you guys are connected. It's so awesome to have you there. It's so awesome. I don't get to see the feed now, but I do go home later on and look at the feed and look at the different comments and things like that, that, that were made during the service. And I want to encourage you guys that are at home, uh, that if you are healthy and there's nothing going on with you, you don't have no pre-existing condition, man, I want to encourage you, you know, that you would come back to our in-person services. The other day I was having a meeting with the dream team and I was telling them like this, you know, if we're good enough to go to work, if we're good enough to go to the gas station, to the bank, to Walgreens, to all these places, I really believe that we're good enough to come back to church already, you know, and be gathered as a church. Because if not, then when are we going to come back? You know, whenever they have a vaccine, there's no guarantee that there's going to be a vaccine by the end of the year. There's no vaccine that we're going to, there's no guarantee we're going to have it by sometime next year, you know, and I really believe that we cannot walk in fear. Now, I understand if there's some of you guys that are watching that, uh, like I said, have some conditions that need to really take care of yourself by all means, stay connected and stay doing what you're doing. But if not, you know, if you're going to the beach, if you're going to Disney World, if you're going there and here, man, you got to get back to church and be part of what's going on. Right, guys? You guys are coming out here, and it's so good to have you guys here uh, this morning. And there's nothing, okay? When I had the COVID virus, I was out for three weekends, all right? And I was connecting at home. But, man, there is nothing like coming and worshiping God together in this place, you know? I could pump up the music. I would put my beats and everything like that. But it's not the same, you know, as when we come as a body. That's why the Bible says to not stop gathering, you know, as many have gotten accustomed to. That wasn't uh, in COVID days, but people were stopping gatherings, you know, because of different reasons. That's in the book of Hebrews. But anyways, that's not my topic today. Uh, we're going to continue and we have this week and next week, we're going to be closing out this Kingdom Come series that has been such such a blessing. Uh, I really believe for this church, for you guys, what we've been talking about. And uh, today we're going to dive into this series. But I would like for you guys to bow your heads with me real quick. Let's pray and just ask God to move upon our hearts. So Father, we worship you. We honor you. We bless you. We thank you, my God, for everything that you're doing. Thank you, Holy Spirit, because you are welcomed in this place as we were singing. You are welcomed in the homes of those that are connected. You are welcome in our hearts, my God, to do what only you could do in us so that you could work through us to make a difference for your kingdom in this earth. So, Lord, give us ears to hear, like Jesus said, and a heart that discerns what you're telling us in Jesus' mighty name. And as people say, amen and amen. I want to ask you guys a question to start off today's message that I've been pondering 
this week in the midst of, you know, the different things that we hear in the news that are, that are going on, even in our own personal lives. This week we've been receiving different prayer requests of different situations of people from the church. Yesterday we had our nine o'clock uh, prayer time here. And at the end, I said, whoever has prayer requests, come up to the front. And a whole group of people came. So we are all dealing with different situations. We are dealing with different things. The question that I have for you guys this morning is how many of you would like to have the power to overcome your current circumstances right now? How many of you guys? How many of you guys would like to have the power just to snap your finger and COVID disappear? How many of you, right? <laughs> and the things in our country, you know, to be fixed, you have the power to do that and, and it would happen. I think all of us would like to have you know, power over our health, okay? I know that there's people that deal with health issues. Man, I would love, you know, to have power over different issues that have to do with my health, financial situations. How many of you guys would like to have power over your financial situation? Raise your hand. Power over marriage conflicts. I'm not going to make you raise your hand because you might get into one if you raise your hand, all right? Brother, put your hand down, man. <laughs> Just because your wife is at the other end of the road and can't see your hand don't mean you're not going to get into trouble, man. Power over marriage conflicts. I don't think that no marriage gets married planning on getting divorced. Have you ever met somebody getting married planning on getting divorced? No. When you get married, you, you're planning to be happily ever after, right? But circumstances, situations come our way and I really believe we need to have power over our marriage conflict, power over addictions. You know, just because you become a Christian doesn't mean that you don't deal with certain addictions, all right? In Christianity, okay, a lot of times our addiction is in eating, okay? Because we think that it's not a sin to eat as much as we want whenever we want. All right, so we just change our addiction. But some people that are coming to God are still going through different addictions in their life. You know, I've seen people go out of the church and start smoking outside. My dad, when he started coming to church originally, would step out a few times during the service so he could go smoke outside. My own dad. <laughs> and one day I told him, Dad, if you were created to smoke, you would have had a hole in your head so that the smoke would come out like a chimney so you were not created to smoke. We want to have power over all these things, you know, Write this down. Write this down. Power is the ability to influence and control your circumstance. You guys that are watching at home, I'm going to encourage you to take notes. Yesterday, I've been taking out notebooks of notes that I took back in 2005 and 2006 of things that God was speaking into my heart. You never know when you need to go back to some of the things that God has been speaking to you. Power is the ability to influence and control your circumstance. I really believe with all my heart that an underlying current of the heart of every human being is the ability to manage and shape their situations. How many of you guys enjoy when you get to make decisions and see those decisions move forward and take place? How many of you guys love to see that? 
Now, how many of you guys like to have decisions or circumstances made for you or circumstances control you and you feel bound and feel that you can't move? Right? That we don't enjoy that. We don't enjoy that whatsoever. So I think that there's a, a, something in our heart that we want to manage our circumstances, shape our own lives. I don't know how many of you guys, you know, like the Star Wars series. Any Star Wars fans out there? Come on now. All right. Man, Star Wars. How about Avengers? Anybody likes the Avengers, the Super, you know, or X-Men? Any of the old school X-Men fans? Yeah, those like have died down, but I remember back in my day, X-Men was like all the way uh, up there. You know that these blockbusters, these movies that are like the multi-million in the hundreds and, you know, 200 and even to the billion dollars when you, when you put everything together uh, worldwide. I think that what we enjoy about those movies is that we see characters that are able, pay attention to this, that are able to control Okay, their life, their circumstances, their situation, they have the power over all that. And we look into that and we're like, oh boy, Iron Man. How many of you guys like Iron Man? I, mean, I hope you saw the last movie, all right? Iron Man died, all right? And I remember when Iron Man died, my wife started crying. And I'm like, what are you crying, babe? And she goes, that's Robert Darwin Jr. I'm like, I don't care who it is. You don't need to be crying for him. <laughs> Like, Iron Man's so cute. I'm like, really? I'm going to get myself an iron suit and come up here and preach, man. I'm going to come like a knight, you know, if you like them iron suits, you know. But I think, you know, when you see the Hulk and the Hulk just goes crazy and starts, even though in the last movie, the Hulk, you know, he really couldn't turn into the Hulk, you know. But uh, you see these characters and you see them with power. You know, I don't know how many of you guys saw the Aquaman movie, but all the fishes and the sharks and everybody would pay attention to this guy. Like, come on now, that's some power right there, man. We enjoy that. We, 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 we see that, and, and I really believe that, that there's something inside of us that identifies itself uh, uh, with that. Well, I have great news for you. How many of you guys like good news? Raise your hand. I love good news especially with all the bad news that we have in our world. I love good news. I have some good news for you today. There are solutions for the problems and the crisis that you are facing right now. There are solutions to the problems and crisis that you are facing right now, okay? I want you to know, okay, that there's a solution for your family. There's a solution for our community, there's a solution, okay, for our nation. There's a solution for the world. And actually, if we're going to really dive into this topic here today, the solution, just like these characters that I've been talking about, does not come from this world. It's from another world. It's from another kingdom. It comes from another place. Today, I want to talk to you guys a little bit about that. Some time ago, I'm not a handyman, okay? Handy, okay, I'm a man, but handy is far away from me, all right? Whenever they were giving out those gifts in heaven, I overslept that morning because I did not come to earth with handy skills, all right? 
uh, the most handy that I could do is put like a frame on the wall, all right? And even for that, it's sometimes troublesome, you know? Now, my father-in-law, he is amazing. I mean, my father-in-law loves to fix things. He could break down things. He could put them back together again. You know, how many of you guys that are here, men, are handy around the house? Raise your hand. You got, you're handy? Okay, at the end, I'm going to come to the prayer line, and you guys are going to lay hands on me. All right, because I need some of that. My wife has been around me for 16 years, married, and she's made it so far, but oh, any help will be good. You know what I'm saying? Some time ago, uh, my, my, my wife's uh, sister is married to Pastor Santi. He pastors in New York. And I remember that he was having problems with his stove at home. And man, he tried everything to fix that stove. Pastor Santi is not handy either, okay? And he had tried everything to fix that stove. And he changed plugs and did this and did that and opened the thing. And like crazy stuff was happening and the stove wouldn't work. And my father-in-law went to New York one time. And he's there, you know, and Santi tells him, listen, I have this issue with the stove. We need to get this thing fixed. It doesn't work. And my father-in-law fixed the stove in less than three minutes. In less than three minutes. You know what the problem with the stove was? That it wasn't plugged into the wall. La vía desarmado, all right? He had torn it up, up, and the machine was not plugged to the wall. <laughs> Why is this important, what I'm telling you this morning? Pay attention. Because when Jesus Christ, last week I came and I talked to you guys about what Jesus accomplished when he came here to earth. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, it wasn't an end in itself. Okay, it wasn't just to say, okay, Jesus died on the cross and that was nice. No, it was a means to connect human beings back to God. It was a means of connecting us to the power source of the kingdom of heaven, which is called the Holy Spirit. The cross was a means to connecting us back to that power source so that we, okay, wouldn't be unplugged, but we would be plugged in. Today's message, if you have something to write with, write this down. The role of the Holy Spirit in the kingdom. The role of the Holy Spirit in the kingdom. Make sure that if you're going to fix something that is first plugged, all right, <laughs> before you call a handyman or something or waste money on that. Ruling earth for God is man's number one responsibility. I'm going to repeat that. Ruling earth for God is man's number one responsibility. Earth, which is this place that we live in here today, okay, lost the influence of heaven when man sinned. When human beings sinned, when we declared our independence from God, what happened was, pay attention to this, that we lost connection with the kingdom of heaven. You were made to establish God's kingdom here on earth, but now you don't have connection to headquarters. 
You don't have connection to headquarters, and you know you've been designed to do something, so you're going to try it in your best ability, but without knowing if that's really what you're supposed to do. Isn't one of the worst things is doing something and you don't know if what you're doing is right or not? Isn't that horrible? It's like, you know, you're walking on eggshells. You know, you're like, man, I don't know if I'm supposed to do this, if I'm not supposed. That's why clear directions are so important. I'm not going to talk about that. But man, when man lost his connection to heaven, all of a sudden he is designed to govern. He is designed to reign here on earth, but without connection to the kingdom of heaven, without connection to God. And when Christ came here to earth, when he died, when he's resurrected, one of his most important things that he did, one of the most important accomplishments was connect you once again to the Holy Spirit. Connect you to God. Connect you to the voice of God. Plug you back into the kingdom. The Holy Spirit is that plug. The Holy Spirit is that plug in the kingdom. Look at some of the words that Jesus spoke before he left earth. Acts 1, come with me in your Bible, Acts 1, verse 8. Jesus is about to leave. Literally, these are his last moments right there with the disciples. Okay? He's about to leave earth and listen to what Jesus says. But you will receive what? Power. Can you say that with me? Power. Repeat that word with me. Power. You will receive power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. What will you receive when the Holy Spirit comes upon you? What? We'll receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon us. Now I want you to receive this word in your spirit right now where you're at. Right there at home, here in this place. I want you to receive this word. Power over everything that defeats you. You have power over everything that defeats you. You have power over everything that humiliates you. Everything that puts you down, that doesn't allow you to succeed in God's purposes in life, you have power over that. I'm tired of seeing a Christian people that are walking around defeated by life. No, if you have the Holy Spirit in you, you have power. God didn't send Jesus to die and resurrect to leave you here on earth defeated. Jesus died on the cross and resurrected so that you could be connected to God and have the Holy Spirit with you and have power to do what you need to do here on earth. If that was not the purpose, the moment that you received Christ, you would have gone directly to heaven. But if you were left here on earth, it's because there's still purpose and plan that God has for you, but not to do it in your own strength. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You see, when you walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus says you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria. When you walk in the power, what happens is that you testify to this world that there's a greater power than the powers that move on this earth. 
You walk around and you testify it. Look how Jesus put it in John chapter 16, verse 7. John 16, verse 7, powerful scripture. Underline that in your Bible. If you had it in your phone, highlight it. Actually, all John 16 is beautiful, but verse 7, Jesus says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. What does Jesus say? I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. Ooh, man. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. That helper is the Holy Spirit. But if I go, I will send him to you. How many are grateful for the Holy Spirit in their lives this morning? Can you say thank you, Holy Spirit, right there where you're at? Thank you, Holy Spirit, that I'm not an orphan. Hmm. So the question that we're trying to answer this morning, in the next few minutes that I have, the question is, what is the role of the Holy Spirit on earth? What is this role? Okay. What is the role of the Holy Spirit on earth? Write that question down. Before I explain that, though, I need to put some kingdom foundation, okay? Because we in the church have misinterpreted the role of the Holy Spirit for ages, guys. We have not understood too much about the Holy Spirit. For example, we think that he's a power or he's an energy. Okay? Some of us think that he's a dove. Oh, look, there's a dove outside. I remember a friend of mine, okay? We were youth leaders. I wasn't even a youth pastor. And he drove into the church parking lot, and there were some pigeons outside, and there weren't those speed bumps, and he ran over one pigeon that was white. And when he got into the youth service, he was crying, and I go, what's wrong with you? And he goes, I just killed the Holy Spirit. And I'm like, no, my brother, you just ran over a white pigeon. There's two different things here, you know? The Holy Spirit is a person. He's not a pigeon. He's not a force or an energy or a lightning. He's a person. He's the third person of the Trinity. And he's not a watered version of God, watered down version of God. He's God Almighty, all powerful. We need to understand who the Holy Spirit is. We think another misconcept that we have about the Holy Spirit is that we think that he is given for our own benefit so that we can feel more spiritual. Now we can feel more spiritual than other people. For example, if I speak in tongues and you don't speak in tongues, like, man, there must be some sin in your life. Holy Spirit's not speaking in tongues through you, but he uses me. When was the last time you prophesied? No, you know, well, I prophesy every day. And we use the Holy Spirit to sort of puff ourselves up and feel that we're more important than others. Holy Spirit was not given for that. It's a wrong concept. If you think that you're more anointed than other people, really? That's why we have denominations today that dismiss the work of the Spirit altogether because they've seen so much abuse in the church of the spirit so then they get to the point that they say no that stopped 
That ceased. When the book of Acts closed, when the Bible closed, the Spirit stopped moving. Really? No, the problem is that because of the abuse, then they say it stopped. I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to see that anymore. And these are just to mention a few of the things, all right? We need to understand the Holy Spirit from a kingdom perspective. We need to understand the Holy Spirit from a kingdom perspective. You're not given the Spirit just to say, oh, man, I feel God's presence. Look, I got goosebumps all over. It's the Holy Spirit. No, you're not given the Holy Spirit for that. <laughs> Even though it's good to know that the Holy Spirit is present, it's good to fellowship with the Spirit. He was not given for that purpose in a kingdom. I'm going to speak to you guys about the kingdom in the next few moments here. In a kingdom, the glory of the kingdom is measured by his territory. Pay attention to this. In a kingdom, the glory of that kingdom is measured by its territory. The more territory a kingdom has, the more glorious it is. Why do you think when the new world was being discovered, all these expeditions were funded by England, by Spain, by Portugal? Because whoever had the most land was the most glorious kingdom. So you would try to take over, you would try to colonize, you would try to say, oh, look at all the land that we have. We are more rich, we are more wealthy, we're more powerful, we are more glorious. Why is that important? Because when God declared that he wanted to expand the kingdom of heaven, when God decided that he wanted to expand the kingdom of heaven to a new territory, he called that territory earth. He called that territory earth. Earth, pay attention guys, very important, was to be a colony of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever was happening in heaven, God wanted it to happen in the colony called earth. And in order for that colony to look like heaven, you know who God created? He created us. He created men in his image, in his likeness. He gave them instructions. He gave them the instructions to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. What God is saying is that, guys, I want you to colonize this place so that it may be on earth as it is in heaven. I want the life of heaven here on earth. Now, that job was not meant to be done alone. That job was to be done through the function of the Holy Spirit walk, working together with us as men. And the Spirit of God was sent from heaven to earth. How do you know that, Pastor? Well, actually, it's the first verse in the Bible. <laughs> first verse in the Bible, Genesis 1, 1 and 2. In the beginning, we could put that on the screen. In the beginning, God created the heavens and... The earth. What did God create? The heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was over the face of the deep. And pay attention who was here already. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. The first person to be here on earth on kingdom assignment was the Holy Spirit. He was the first person to be deployed from the kingdom of heaven, deployed here to earth because God had a plan for this earth. 
That's why Pastor Miles Monroe, he was a mentor for some very key years in our lives when we were transitioning to become the pastors of this church, 2009, 2010, 2011. He played a very important role, even in us being pastors now. He taught that the Holy Spirit was the governor of the kingdom of heaven. The governor of the kingdom of heaven. Say that word with me, governor. Can you say that word with me? Governor. A governor. A governor. Now, that's a very interesting word, governor, because I want to clear some things up. Because for a lot of us, we don't understand the point of reference of what a governor is really supposed to do. How he works, because we don't have a good point of reference of a governor. Why? Because a governor in a democracy is very different than a governor in a kingdom. For example, the United States is what, guys? A democracy. All right? We are a democracy. Each state in a democracy is run like its own little country. And each state has its own governor. That's why the state of Florida does not need to submit to the federal government. It needs to submit to what? To the governor and the governing and the local governing authorities. That's why it's called the United States. It's states that decide to be united. But some time ago, even California was saying and thinking of breaking off from the, from the, from the union. Texas has thought about breaking off from the union. Because they can run like their own nation because each state has its own governor. Actually, I was studying this. I think, if I'm not mistaken, there's 55 governors in the United States. Because it's not only the 50 states, but also the U.S. Virgin Islands, Puerto Rico, uh, uh, American Samoa is another one. So in total, there's 55 governors for territories that the United States have even outside of this country. So listen to this, all right? In a democracy, every state has a governor. Second, the governor is voted in by the people and voted out by the people. Third, okay, the governor is accountable to the people of that state because they're voting him in or voting him out. Fourth, not accountable to the federal government or its leaders. That's just to name a few, okay? So that's a governor in a democracy. In a kingdom, pay attention to this, because if the Holy Spirit is a governor of the kingdom, pay attention to this. The governor was appointed or is appointed by the king. He's not voted in. Hmm. Two, the governor comes from the kingdom, never comes from the colony. Why? Because he needs to transfer the culture from the home kingdom to the colony that is being established. Oof. You get to see a little bit of what the Holy Spirit is supposed to do. Third, the governor only represents the king, and he's only accountable to the king. He's not accountable to the citizens. He's accountable to the king. Fourth, the governor only expresses the mind and will of the king. So in other words, if we're going to summarize this that I'm saying here, the governor is the presence of the king in that territory. 
The governor is the presence of that king and that territory. When the governor is present, the king doesn't need to be there. Why? Because the governor is representing the king in that place. His thought, his will, what he wants to happen. For example, listen to this. In a colony, in a colony, the citizens don't go to the king for the petition. They go to the governor, and the governor brings his petition to the king. In a colony, the governor's house, or called the governor's mansion. I remember one of the times that I went to Baton Rouge, Louisiana, for one of the meetings with Pastor Larry. You know, we drove by the governor's mansion because he taught the governor and discipled him for many years. It's a beautiful thing. Okay, listen to this. In a colony, the governor's mansion is never made by the locals. People from the kingdom are brought in to build the governor's mansion. And you're like, Pastor, what does that have to do with anything? Your body is built by God for the inhabiting of the Holy Spirit. Hmm. I don't know if this is starting to make sense to you this morning. Okay, but now I'm going to go into this. So if the Holy Spirit is the governor of the kingdom of heaven, what is this role here on earth? What is this role here on earth? Write this down, okay? I have 10 minutes, and I'm going to give you five roles, okay? And these are not sushi roles, all right? I know some of you guys like sushi, all right? But I'm going to give you five roles quickly of the Holy Spirit here on earth. Number one, the Holy Spirit... The kingdom's governor is responsible for converting the colony, earth, into the kingdom, heaven. The governor, the Holy Spirit, is responsible for converting the colony, which is earth, into the kingdom, heaven. What do you mean by that, pastor? The conversion of earth, okay, is an exchange of culture. Okay, that our culture here on earth will represent the culture of the kingdom. That whatever is happening in the kingdom happens in the colony. That's why Jesus said that our prayer should be what? Let it be done here on earth as it is where? In heaven. You want to know what you need to be doing here on earth? We need to look into heaven. I'm going to tell you guys something. Please look over here. I'm going to give you some homework. Last week I gave you homework. Remember that? To read Genesis 1 and 2. Today I have some more homework for you. Stop reading the epistles of Paul and start reading the gospels of Jesus. Because Paul is talking about kingdom application. Jesus is explaining and teaching the kingdom. And a lot of us are fans of Paul. I believe Paul is amazing. I believe Paul is great. But guys, I want to tell you something this morning. Do not put Paul above Jesus. Jesus is the king. And when Jesus is speaking, man, you got to pay attention to what he's saying because he's teaching kingdom culture. When we're reading the Beatitudes, Matthew 5, 6, 7, And he said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And he goes off for three chapters. You know what he's talking about? How the kingdom operates. 
Bless your enemies. Pray for those that persecute you. He talks about prayer. He talks about fasting. He talks about giving. What Jesus is showing us there is that what we need to have here on earth is the life of heaven. Who brings that to earth? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Only the Holy Spirit knows, pay attention to this, the king's mind, heart, desires, will. He's committed to carry out the king's purpose here on earth. Pastor, how do you know that? 1 Corinthians 2, 11 and 12. 1 Corinthians 2, 11 and 12. It says, for who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? So also, no one comprehends the thoughts of God except who? The spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. That we might understand the things freely given to us by God. So who knows the mind of the king? The spirit does. His character, his nature. Number two, write this down. The spirit is our communication channel to the father and the heavenly kingdom. How many of you guys have older children? Raise your hand. Older children. Okay. And they're late teens, 20s, 30s. How important is it for you as a parent to communicate with your children? How many of you guys as parents talk to your children at least once a day? Raise your hand. The ones that don't live at home. You talk to them at least once. How important is that for you? What would happen, okay, if you were trying to communicate with your older child that does not live at home and you call and call and call and there's no answer? How would that make you feel? Desperate. Desperate. If you're calling and nobody's answering and calling and no one's answering and nobody's picking up, I'm sure you might even get in your car and drive to their house to see if they're okay, right? Well, the Holy Spirit, listen to this, the Holy Spirit is our communication channel to the Father. When man sinned, the, the communication channel was broken. There was no connection between the Father and the kingdom of heaven and the colony called earth and the father's trying to accomplish his will here but there's nobody to receive his instructions to receive what he wants to do the children are off by themselves in a weird place where there's a devil that is roaring around like a lion trying to devour him and God is trying to get, and there's no way to get through. Desperate. Desperate situation. Whenever there's wars, I remember when the first U.S.-Iraq war broke out back in 91, Desert Storm. And the first thing that the U.S. tried to do was destroy the communication towers in Iraq. Why? So that they couldn't communicate with each other. Because when there's a war, the first thing you want to take out is what? Communication. 
or communication was lost between us and our Father, between the colony and the heavenly kingdom. And the Holy Spirit comes to make sure that that gets fixed. How do you know that, Pastor? Romans 8, 26 and 27. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what to pray for or how we ought but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us. Wow. There's moments I don't even know how to communicate to God. And the Spirit intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Isn't it good that when you can't even make sense of your life, the Holy Spirit is praying through you and that prayer is actually making sense to God? Communication. Communication. Number three, write this down. The Holy Spirit transfers the kingdom's culture, values, nature, language, and lifestyle to the people. The Holy Spirit transfers the kingdom's culture, values, nature, language, and lifestyle. Romans 14, 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. What is it talking about? The culture of heaven? It's in the Holy Spirit. It's righteousness. It's peace. Are you walking in peace right now? Because if you're a citizen of the kingdom, there's no situation that should rob your peace. Are you walking in joy right now? Because let me tell you, joy and laughter is like medicine to the soul. Right, Gabby? Right, Espy? It's like medicine to the soul. These two, the other day, were talking and laughing so hard. I'm like, what in the world are you guys talking about? Just laughing, joy in the Holy Spirit. It's a culture. It's a culture. Actually, how many of you guys have received the gift of speaking in tongues? Raise your hand. How many of you guys have received the gift of speaking in tongues? I want to encourage you to do that. Look over here. Look over here. Look over here. When a kingdom took over a territory, what was the first thing they wanted them to learn? The language of that kingdom. The language of that kingdom. How many of us speak Spanish? Raise your hands. Speak Spanish. You know why you speak Spanish? Because your nation was colonized by the Spaniards. And that's why you speak Spanish. If you are American, okay, we were colonized here by who? By the British. That's why you speak English. That's why when the Holy Spirit comes to the territory, what does he do? He gives us a new language. Oh. I didn't know that. The Holy Spirit prepares the subjects for citizenship. The Holy Spirit prepares the subjects for citizenship. Look over here. How many of you guys were not born in the United States, but became a citizen of the United States? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. How was that moment that you went to become a citizen? 
that you went into that, you know, to that office, right? And you got to make a pledge. I don't know if you remember what that pledge was. But the pledge that you made was that you renounced to your country and to the rights and privileges of your country. And now you receive the rights and the privileges of this country. Remember that? Now, I'm going to ask you a question. What's the easiest way to become a citizen of that country? What's the easiest way? What? No, no, you almost. To marry somebody from that country. But no, there's actually an easier way. To be born in that country. When you're born in that country, what are you? You're an automatic citizen. Oh, what did Jesus say? John 3, 5. Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, they cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Jesus said, you must be born again. Why? So you become a citizen of the country. Some of us have not understood what the whole being born again thing is about. And the Spirit is the one that prepares us. Yesterday I had a guy that wrote me. He was born in Canada. He's been living here on earth. He's a pastor. And he goes, Pastor, please pray for me. And I'm like, why? He goes, because this week I have my citizenship test. And I've been studying for hours, he told me. And I'm so scared. I'm like, brother, don't worry. You're going to do great. You've been studying? He goes, I've been studying. You're going to do great because you're preparing yourself. The Holy Spirit prepares us for citizenship so we can become citizens of the kingdom of heaven. And the last one, okay, the presence of the Holy Spirit, this is beautiful, is evidence that the kingdom is present. The presence of the Holy Spirit, okay, is evidence that the kingdom is present. I want to tell you something. Look over here because this is end time theology. And people are like, when is the kingdom going to come? When is the end of the days that Jesus is going to come establish his kingdom? The kingdom is here. Why is the kingdom here? Because the governor's here. And if the governor's here, the king is there. It's evidence that the Holy Spirit is here, that the kingdom of God is present. Matthew 12, 28. But if it is by the Spirit of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. And if we're doing God's work here on earth, it's because the kingdom of God has come upon us. So to start this message, you guys that are at home, I'm concluding. You guys that are here, I talked to you guys, okay, about the search of the human beings for what? For power. About how we're all looking for that power, of how we all love the Jedi Knights, and we love Iron Man and we love all these people because of what? Because of the power. I believe that in the heart of human beings, no matter what religion, race, creed, I believe that in every heart, ethnicity, there's a desire for the restoration of heaven's governor into their lives, the Holy Spirit. Because he's the only one that could give you the power to do what you need to do here on earth. Until you don't have the Holy Spirit, listen, something is missing from your lives. And you're going to try to fill it with many things. That's why you see people that try to fill it with money, with relationship, with parties, with drugs, with success, with titles, with 
religion. Yet without the Holy Spirit, without the Holy Spirit, you will be dysfunctional. You and I will be dysfunctional and incomplete and unable to fulfill God's purpose for which you are here on earth. And that's what all humanity is yearning for. All humanity. That's why Jesus says, it's better that I go away so I can send him. I want you to close your eyes because I want you to search in here. I want you to search in here. Today I've shared with you a lot of kingdom concepts so you guys understand the Holy Spirit and his role in your life and here on earth and in the kingdom. You need his presence in your life now more than ever. More than ever. You need to tell the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, use me. Fill me every day, Holy Spirit, with your presence fresh. I don't want to be walking on what happened yesterday or two weeks ago. I need your fresh touch today. I need to be connected to the mind of the King. Holy Spirit, help me. Can you cry that out to God this morning as we close this service, as we worship? Thank you, Lord.